Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. I know that I said I didn't want to work for WWE when Corey Graves posted that tweet and kind of indicated that Anybody who fancies themselves as a wrestling journalist wanted to work for WWE, but the truth is I do. I really do. But it's not as a writer. I, I want to work for WWE in all aspects of production. Like, Kevin Dunn, I'm coming for your job. I've been, I've been practicing. Now, I know that I just have a little home office here in Ewing, Kentucky, but uh, I've been having my wife help me practice, and I think I have the WWE style down. Zoom! 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 Fucking camera cut! Camera cut! Camera cut! Do it! You gotta fuck do it! There's some trial and error mainly on her part, but uh, thanks to the WWE's style guide, essentially, I think I've nailed it. This is how you do it. Why would anybody do that? It's just the way things are. I've been working my WWE style commentary oh. too, and I think I'm pretty oh. good. Oh, oh my! The shield is rolling. See, when I get to WWE, uh, things won't be different. But I mean, at least I'll finally work there, right? It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Ross All right, we're live. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross future employee of WWE, <laughs> but current managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. It is February 28th. It is the 61st edition of The List and your boy, even though I have it listed as the 60th mm -hmm. on YouTube. I mean, you're too, too busy, you know, auditioning for a WWE production role to really care about what number it is. 
got to worry about my future, you know. The weather <laughs> in Connecticut, I'm sure, is great. Like, please, WWE, take me. I hate working 20 feet away from my bed. It is okay. the worst thing. Do you want to explain uh, quickly for people why you made that video? What the what the what the inspiration was? Yeah, that just got us a, a donation on <laughs> the YouTube super chat. By the way, thank you for that. So, Corey Graves and Booker T did the thing where they quirked the net, quirked them. It's like cool and, whip. Yeah, they quirked. <laughs> but there wasn't any real journalist that I knew of that that believed that. But if you were to listen to Corey Graves there or Sam Roberts, there were no real journalists. Speaking of our boy, David Bixen span from fightful.com will be appearing on Sam Roberts show this week on Thursday. He did a couple articles for us. We'll talk about that. But David Bixen span posted a funny little comment to Corey Graves saying like, Oh, do you work somebody? Blah, blah, blah. And Corey Graves said to Bix, you wish you could work here. And I was like, what? And put journalist in quotes. And I'm like, man, Bix is maybe, like, if I were to pick five people, he would have been in the top five or top three of people that, like, I know don't want to work for WWE and I would consider actual journalists. And, I mean, I did a big thread on it in December when, you know, I had a little bit of a thing with WWE PR. But, man, I don't want to work there. And somebody said, how'd you get your wife to do that? And I said, uh, sir, I just had to tell her that's what we had to do to move to Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, that's all it took. I knew, that, I knew that was a big part of it, yeah. but man. And then I got a message in my inbox, and I thought it was the most appropriate response to that. And I hate the word mark, but somebody quoted the Corey Graves tweet, and they said, and we're the marks? Mm. I was like, you know what? You're right. You know what? Every now and then he comes out with gems, like when he talked about, hey, is Mantor going to be coming out next? Yeah, uh, I thought that was great. And Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, I thought that was good. But oftentimes, because he is a longtime wrestling fan, and oftentimes you do see guys like that, they do post stuff like that, like, hey, you want what I have kind of thing. And obviously, yeah. I mean, you and I are in different positions because I'm not the I'm not the full-time writer, but obviously if I was Corey Graves in his position, I'd probably kill myself. Uh, God. Based on where I am currently. I'm just being honest. Like, it'd be a pay cut to, to, well, to do what he does. I can say that... Uh... <laughs> He probably makes significantly more than me, and he also makes significantly less than it would take for me to move to Connecticut and work for WWE. He doesn't and, live in Connecticut, though, right? He's Florida still, no? I don't know where the hell he is. I don't care where he lives. Yeah, I think it's Florida still. But, yeah. uh, oh, whatever. Good for you, man. It was you, you. I was telling you off the air, you got a ton of views on Twitter for that. Yeah. Last time I looked, like 15,000 views or something on Twitter. That's more like 21,000. 21,000. Isn't that crazy I, on Twitter? Good for We're going to start streaming this show on Twitter eventually. I'm telling you. There you go. There you go. We need to. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm going more hot and heavy with the with the uh, multimedia because I figured I don't know what our iTunes uh, downloads are like compared to our our video views. What the ratio nowhere is. near our video views. That's what I kind of figured, and so I figured I might as well take advantage of the video and do some more multimedia stuff. So I want to start today with uh, some breaking news. We're doing this on February 28th. Uh, I got some breaking news. You want to put up the first one, Nigel? The Deitch. Yeah. So this was reported today. Uh, it's posted on Twitter, actually, today by Richard Deitch. He's a reporter for Sports Illustrated. Uh, he said that executives from Fox Sports were seated in the front row at the SmackDown taping at, at uh, Staples Center in L.A. last night, including Fox Sports president Eric Shanks, Fox Sports talent producer Jacob Allman, and Fox Sports uh, on-air talent Colin Cowherd. And I, I saw some pictures with Cowherd backstage with some of the WWE talent that they posted on social media. So yes. they were all there in the front row. It's obvious why they were there. 
Clearly, oh, of de- clearly WWE is talking to Fox about uh, a rights fees deal. Uh, they're looking to have that wrapped up by September. And uh, clearly they're talking to them. Fox, as far as I know, is still negotiating with the UFC to renew their deal. But the speculation is that if Fox doesn't get the UFC on a renewal, that they're going to go heavy after WWE. So uh, very interesting. Those guys were all seated in the front row, and I'm, I'm sure it was all done deliberately and intentionally, and, uh, and they want USA to, uh, to know about it, I'm sure. Oh, and our viewerships, or our, our readers, viewers, listeners are going to know all about it. I have assigned Alex the article titled, Colin Cowherd, Confirmed Booger Eater. <laughs> really? Because he is the guy who kind of mocked Eddie Guerrero after his death, always accuses wrestling fans of being, quote, booger eaters. I took you literal, literally when you said that. Well, I mean, I assume that he is. If he was there, <laughs> posing... Classic posing journalism. For, assume everything, this, Sean. Use, well, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Uh, I, and I assume I'll use this term for <laughs> the second time today, taking Mark pictures with Natalia and Charlotte. Yeah, I saw that. Like, yeah. I assume that he is now a booger eater. That's that's the only reasonable thing. I watch his show. I like his show. I've never I, seen I it. watch a lot of Fox Sports shows and ESPN Talking Head shows. But yeah, it's it's very clear what's going on here. Yeah. But yep. um, Colin Coward actually was on his show today talking about Gronk and WWE, and okay. he's like, "Oh, you think that's easier on your body?" John Cena, do you remember that failed gimmick he had as a rapper? And I'm like, uh, "Oh, really? Me, sir. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir." Excuse me, sir. <laughs> That's not exactly right, sir. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if Corey Graves called him out for his irresponsible journalism. Maybe, maybe it's it, yeah, it's very Bob Costas esque. You know, when you when you comment on something when you don't really know what's going on behind it, or Nancy yeah. Grace. That That's why those of... jobs, like a lot of people, will criticize the talking heads at ESPN and stuff. But man, like I I do boxing, wrestling, and MMA, and it's hard to keep up with boxing. Yeah. But I mean, I'll I'll host the shows and stuff like that when. Like me and Carlos will do one after Triple G Canelo and stuff yep. like that, but man, when when you got when they have you on like Pardon the Interruption or something like that or Around the Horn, and you got to talk about yeah. the Olympics. Yeah, I'm like I don't know a damn thing about curling. <laughs> I actually boycotted the Olympics this time out uh, because they didn't allow NHLers to play hockey. Isn't that so weird? The Olympics yeah. are so weird. Well, man. it had to. The NHL was a big reason for it. It had to do with they wanted the I. Uh, what is it? The I. What do they call the the international? IOCC. IOC. Something like that. Something like that. They wanted them to split the costs of like room and board and flights and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, they didn't want to do it, and that was a big reason why they didn't uh, they didn't participate. But it wasn't. And they have to pause their season for that too, right? They usually do for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. This time, they, obviously, they didn't. But because it wasn't best on best, you know how many people, Sean, have hit me up and said, oh, my God, how do you feel Germany beat Canada in the semifinals of the mm-hmm. Olympics? I couldn't care less. It wasn't best on best, so I just could not care less about the whole about thing. About as much of the Olympics as I watched was, were the overtime period in the women's gold game, USA and Canada, and right. the shootout. Right, right, and that right. was exhilarating. How do you feel about the shootout thing? Because I had a lot of people saying it should never end like that. I agree. In in, uh, in NHL playoffs, they just continue to play periods. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the regular season, they do shootouts. But during the playoffs, they just continue to do periods. And I think it should be like that because that's a team sport. A shootout is one player against one goalie. Yeah. Uh, and to determine a gold medal winner by that, yeah, I don't like it. I'd rather they just kept playing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really new to hockey, and I know that you're – You've been in you've been in that game a little more than I have, and I saw that, and I was a little confused by it. I didn't know. Well, I didn't know there was such blowback. My it. Oilers suck this year, so I'm not in it as much <laughs> as I would be otherwise. But hey, such is life. Let's move on and talk about the elimination chamber. 
Yeah. Uh, I want to talk mainly about the main event and about the Ronda Rousey segment. So the main event, what did you think of uh, how it was laid out and the outcome? Execution, thought it was great. Outcome was what we all thought it was going to be. Yep. Braun Strowman, unless they do another seven-man chamber, will forever hold the record for most eliminations in an elimination chamber because he eliminated five guys. I thought it made Braun look strong. I thought it made you know, Roman do what he needed to do. Yep. Uh, I said this last year. I think that the way that they have changed the structure of the chamber has revolutionized the match, made it safer for the guys to work, easier for the guys to work, more fun to watch. Yeah, I uh, I also love the way they put Braun Strowman over. Um, as I was watching that match and, and watching Raw the next day, I found a Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I thought, you know what Braun needs? He needs the Stone Cold push. And I don't just mean the Stone Cold push, meaning you're going to put him over everybody. I mean the Stone Cold push, meaning you're going to keep on breaking shit. You're going to drive trucks like to the ring. And you're going to be anti-authority. And you're going to be he, the guy that questions everything Triple H says. That's what they is do. He is the truck, so Ronda Rousey should just backpack him. And <laughs> pull him down to the ring, and he'll run into the ring and tear stuff up. But don't you think he's the perfect guy to be the next Stone Cold in terms, of, yeah, in terms of character development? Like, he's the guy. I The one thing I hated about the match, and I, I knew they were going to do it, uh, I hated that Roman beat him clean one-on-one to end the match. I hated that. And again, I know why they did it. They want Roman to look strong. He's going to go to Mania. He's going to beat Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. They want Roman to look strong. Totally get it. But um, why make him look strong uh, at the expense of Braun Strowman? I think that, you know when they did the spot where everybody ganged up on him, everybody hit their finisher on him, everybody gang-piled him on a pin and he kicked out? Yeah. That should have been the pin. I, I, that's what I said on the Raw before Elimination Chamber. I thought that's how he should have been eliminated. It was the right way. I agree. That and should it, have been it the makes pin. sense. And he it could have sense. he could have immediately after the pin gotten up and laid them all out. Yeah. And then and then been forced by referees to walk out. That should have been the pin, and they should have had Rollins and Roman be the last two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that I think would have gone off better. I didn't like that they did it at the expense of Braun, but again, I get it. Roman is still their guy in their mind and all yeah. that. I, I think that. With Braun Strowman, we were like, okay, does he does he have the presence? Well, we saw that he did. Absolutely. Does, does he have it in the ring? He's more than passable. Oh, uh, absolutely. He have, He's good, I does, think, yeah. Like, can he do the media stuff we've seen? Yeah, hell yeah, he can. Yeah, yeah. There's I mean, no reason to not go with this the guy. The versatility, but... even though I wasn't crazy about that elf spoof, yeah. right? Roman Reigns can't do that. No. Nope. He can't. And you can try putting him in the little outfit and put the little elf hat on him and try to get him into a comedy spot like that. Roman cannot pull that off. And that's that's just how it is. I couldn't help but chuckle uh, because, again, we've talked about this so many times about how the fans are a lot smarter than WWE thinks they are. Yeah. I couldn't help but chuckle when Roman and Braun were the last two and they were on the outside. And Roman threw a Superman punch. And when it connected, it sent Braun back into the ring. And as soon as Braun was sent back into the ring, the whole crowd booed because they yeah. knew, they knew that was the end. And I mean, they just know it. They know what's going on. There, there is a sense of lowest common denominator, and people that, you know, I see people that that say some of the dumbest stuff, and sometimes it'll make me think: uh, Should I cater to these absolute idiot scrubs? <laughs> and I'm like, no, because I would like to think that the viewer is smarter than that, and I know that ours are. I mean, in between working this week, I was watching Ozark. That's the type of stuff I'm into. When I'm not watching WWE, something that is different and something that is challenging and is that something the that has show? continuity. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. really seen that. I heard that what he's like uh, embellishing uh, money laundering, money laundering for the drug dealers yeah. or something. Maybe if it was about insider trading, you'd watch it. Um, <laughs> but 
I told you one story about the WWE stock. I lost a bunch of money. It didn't work out for me. And still comes back to bite me in the ass. Uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about Ronda's uh, debut at Elimination Chamber? Nervous at first, and Very, I heard yes. somebody in her camp that didn't seem happy about the criticism. But I don't think they're going to have to worry about that based on night two because, Agreed. my God, she looked like friggin' like she she was. It was such a just a contrast from night one to night two. Agreed. It's like in the middle of that first segment, she just got it. She I, just got it. I think that she probably had Hunter, you know, probably talking because it, it was clear the first night. I mean, number one, she was clearly nervous, like you said, uh, and she was doing things with her mic work, like uh, she wasn't keeping the mic high enough to her face, so the volume wasn't where it should have been. She was talking way too fast. You always see the Rock when the Rock would do the finally line. And he yeah. would say the city very slowly, like Orlando. Yeah. And he would do that because the crowd's saying it with them. And, and that's what you do. She was talking so fast. She was mumbling. Uh, they let her kind of say whatever she wanted. So she went on a tangent about Roddy Piper and, and everything. I thought the first night was a clusterfuck. I thought Kurt Angle was awesome. I thought that his, he his saved it. Oh, he was so good. His facial expressions were excellent. And the way that he was throwing in those little, hey, by the way, did you know that Stephanie said this? I just thought he was great. Well, well, let's talk about that picture that's going around. Yes, from yes. Raw. Oh, damn it. I should that have is, had Nigel put it up. I should have had him put it that up. That is the Which, best uh, picture. Yes. Have, like, Kurt Angle's year-long run in WWE has been the most meme-worthy run I've ever seen. I never thought to put that up. So, basically, it was a picture of Hunter's about to throw a punch at Kurt, and Kurt's, like, looking up, like, dee 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 Like, he, you know, doesn't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> I wish I had a, a thought to, to put that Oh, it was up. brilliant. It was so great. Yeah. Uh, I thought that Kurt did a great job. Triple yep. H did a great job. Stephanie, when she apologized to Ronda Rousey, they did a great job. Yes. I did see a very funny, hilarious comment, though. Somebody said, wow, Rousey hadn't even signed the contract before Stephanie slapped her. That's a record for emasculation. Nice. And I was nice. like. And she hit her hard, man. Oh, yeah. And hard. Rousey was marked up from it. Oh, yeah, you could see it. You could see it. She hit her really hard. But like you said, I thought Rob, Rhonda did just a tremendous job. She uh, she spoke slower. She held the mic up higher. She spoke with more authority. She got right to the point with what she wanted to say. I thought she was Meryl Streep in comparison to Sunday night. <laughs> I thought she did awesome. And, you know, a lot of people were writing her off after Sunday night. And I was like, you know, when somebody gets that kind of reaction, I, that can do a lot of things for you. And she got the great reaction. Yep. I thought that the – the you fucked up chant directed at Stephanie. There is no better chant that could have happened. There's no better reaction that they could have asked for than Stephanie McMahon slapping a woman who has lost very publicly her last two UFC fights. Mm -hmm. And then the crowd being like, oh, too bad. Tough shit. Mm -hmm. you, you, that's bad on you. I also love that they addressed the losses on Sunday night. In a roundabout way. It. Yeah, in a roundabout way. Yeah. Well, it said that Ronda Rousey was washed, washed up. up. And yeah. that, that's about as much as you'll do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, occasionally when she needs to start another feud or something like that. Yeah. Like maybe have Sasha Banks take a picture with Holly Holm or some yeah, shit like that. That'd be great. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to see what they can do here. And as long as they accentuate the positives, hide the negatives, I'm all for it. I thought you'll the story was those, good, yeah. You'll have those absolute doofuses that are like, well, she can't do this. She can't do that. Well, that's why you accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. Kermit the Frog has a problem with Ronda Rousey? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kermit's a hater. Is he? Yeah. Is he? It ain't easy being green, Sean. Ooh. Yeah, sure. 
Well, uh, you know, I, I thought when Ronda first came out uh, in Vegas, she got a bit of a mixed reaction. And I was really curious how they were going to react to her. The story got her over. And, uh, and when Stephanie slapped her and, and then she kind of stalked Stephanie and Stephanie ran out of the ring, she had the crowd after that. Raw, I thought they were very, very uh, positive, very positive reaction to her. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see where it goes. It's pretty clear now, and I think uh, Meltzer uh, has confirmed it, but to me it was pretty clear after Sunday that it's going to be Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. And I think that'll be a great match. I think Kurt and Hunter can go still, man. I think it'll be good. So what do you think happens with Braun Strowman? Do you think he gets wedged into that Intercontinental title match? So they made, they kind of teased him and Elias. Here's, um, here's what I would do. I said this before. Like There has to be at least one year where Braun Strowman is in the Battle Royal and he eliminates every single person. And I... The, there's a there's a few things they could do. They could run Rousey and Braun Strowman and get get the rub off of each other that way because two super over people. Mm-hmm. And you have the history with Triple H. You could shoehorn him into the Intercontinental Title match. Whatever. I thought it would have been funny if the Miz found out that Braun was his opponent and spent the next six weeks trying to lose the title mm-hmm. so he wouldn't face Braun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way I would do it, if you're gonna go with Elias, I would just assume put them in the battle royal and have Elias try to hide between a sea of people and then Braun just eliminates every damn one of them to get to Elias and beats his ass the entire time. That's that's about as good as you can do there. I think it's dependent on if they still think they're going to get Goldberg to do the Battle Royal. I don't think they'll get him to. But, uh, I don't know, it sure looked to me like they're going to do a triple threat for the IC title now. And, and then Braun throw out Goldberg, too. I mean, they could do that. They could do that. I mean, Goldberg would still get his money. You know, so that is an option, but I don't know. And you know, I'm I'm a really be a, I'm a big fan of Elias, and uh, I'm also a fan of Braun Strowman. I don't want to see Elias basically his job now or his role be to put over Braun Strowman. I want to see Elias be kept strong on his own. So I'd rather they split them apart. But it looks like that's what WWE likes to do, though. They they love to find people who have heat, right, and use it to get over people that don't need it, right. Which is right. weird. They did that with Zack Ryder years ago. Elias has heat right now. And WWE is supposed to be a business that makes money off of people that have heat. I mean, look on SmackDown. Rue 7, 8, and English are over. Absolutely. There's no reason they shouldn't be involved in this tag team scene. I don't know about Aiden English. Rusev's over. Doesn't matter, right? Aiden English is over as a result. I'd run with it. By I'd association. Go with it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I have, I, I, today, I, I don't know what made me look it up, but I, I wanted to look up Elias' merch. Yeah. And I went on uh, WWE Shop. He's got like five t-shirts. Yeah, I really. mean that, that tells you he's got to be doing all right if he's got. Five well, I know t-shirts. he's. I know he's selling a lot of them. I didn't know that he had that many. Yeah, but I check know it he's out. Because what they did is they say uh, uh, the Walk with Elias tour, and then on the back they have dates. So the yeah. old, the oldest one was for the end of last year, and then I think the most recent one is for uh, uh, the first quarter. Well, yeah, I was told that they're they're selling very well. I try not to put too much of that out there. Gonna burn uh, my merchandise source. <laughs> but. But, uh, yeah, he's doing very well in that regard. Rusev's still uh, doing very well, too. Good. Now, let's talk about Roman Reigns. So, uh, everybody's putting over his promo on Raw. Yeah. And I will say this. I thought it was a good promo. It, clearly, it was a work. But it was uh, it was clear. It was concise. Uh, short. 
my problem with it that I had as I was watching it is that it's the same thing we've heard so many times. So many times. The first time that he had the feud with Brock, he, t- he, he went put over about how, oh, I'm a full-timer, and I work the full schedule, and you're a part-timer. Then he has the feud with John Cena. I'm a full, I work the full schedule, you're a part-timer. John Cena's feuding with The Rock. I work the full schedule, you're a part-timer. We've heard it so many times. And uh, the only thing I will say, even though I, I always put over the savvy of the fans, is I was almost a little bit disappointed to hear that the fans were actually with him at the end of the promo. Because they were, and they were they were cheering at the end, and I thought to myself, "Damn it, we've heard this same story five times, and yet you're still buying it." You know? Yeah, I mean, last year Brock Lesnar no showed a a Raw, and he gets WrestleMania itis, where he just doesn't give a shit around WrestleMania season, which is weird. Yeah, but I think but, he was told not to be there on Monday night. Well, uh, WWE's playing that very close to the vest. I can tell you that much because I've been asking, and I think he, he was, was told. In, and, he uh, was in Vegas on Sunday. Yeah, and, and we're, we're going to put that up. So, uh, Nigel, can you put that uh, tweet up? The Dana White? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I put him out of order for you. The Dana sorry. White. So, uh, this is what Sean's talking about for our video uh, watchers. So, Brock Lesnar met with Dana White on Sunday in Vegas. Dana White put up a picture of the two of them together on Twitter. Uh, conveniently enough, Brock's wearing a UFC t-shirt in the photo. And uh, that's what Roman had, uh, alluded to in his promo about how he was in Vegas and didn't bother showing up at the Elimination Chamber because he was on the strip with Dana White. Uh, Dana White was asked on SiriusXM's NASCAR radio show, what are the chances of Brock returning to the UFC? And his response was, they're very, very, very good. Uh, I know that you said, Sean, that uh, Brock has uh, allegedly told Vince McMahon that he's out for SummerSlam. Do you think that this is just posturing because he's working on a new WWE deal? Yep. Or do you think that he's planning on going back to the UFC? Well, it's both. Because <laughs> he does want to fight. Right. He loves to fight. Well, I'm sure and the money is phenomenal. Like I said, every year at WrestleMania Itis, 2004, we saw what happened there. Uh, 2015. I mean, 14. He, uh, what was it? No, 2004. Oh, the first time. He, the first he time. He got WrestleMania Itis okay. in 2004 as okay. well, yes. Okay. Uh, because he wanted to leave the company. Yeah. That time it was the NFL. Yep. Now, 2015, he was leveraging UFC and WWE against each other to the point where he appeared on ESPN to announce it. We had the issue with Dean Ambrose where he just didn't want to do anything. We have this this year where he's trying to leverage against WWE. Now, I would be surprised if he didn't re-sign with WWE, Mm -hmm. but he does want to fight. I know that he wants to fight. And Dana White is all too happy to help them work because just Brock Lesnar... Showing up there is good for his brand. Oh, for, absolutely, good for the UFC. So whatever. You think, but you think he was wearing that UFC T-shirt accidentally? Nah, he was damn well still, given that thing to put on. Well, he's still not in the USADA pool, and he would have to be in the USADA pool for at least six months before going back to and fighting in the UFC, and that would extend past SummerSlam. So maybe that's changed. But the source that I was told this by is extremely reliable, and when I say extremely re- reliable, I mean like. This guy has corrected me on stuff privately right. that I've thought, and I've been like, oh, really? And then ended up being 100% true. So so basically, Dana White has you on speed dial? <laughs> yeah, that must be it. <laughs> he, he'd probably call me a fucking goof or something. <laughs> I don't know what, what he would do. But Verbatim, that's what he If does. I'm WWE, I stop putting all my eggs in this Brock Lesnar basket. I, I move past it. Problem is, is they put their eggs in the Roman rain basket and it's failed for four years in a row. So unless they decide, you know what, let's smarten up. The crowd wants Braun Strowman. Let's try him. Unless they decide to give that a shot, I think the same thing's going to happen again. You know, Somebody asked me the chances of him fighting Lashley and Bellator. 
uh, the chances of him fighting Lashley and Bellator are far less than the odds of him fighting Lashley in UFC because Lashley hasn't fought since 2016, and Brock Lesnar has a UFC contract. But Lashley also just uh, agreed to a new deal with WWE. Yeah, not just so, a while back. But I'm just saying, like Bellator, there's no chance. Not currently. Yeah. No chance. Uh, don't think so. Let me ask you this. Not that I want to turn this into a UFC show, but uh, we know that John Jones has to do the, US, the USADA hearing. He could be out for a few years potentially. Who is a good matchup for Brock Lesnar in the UFC that's going to make Stephen him the Struve. most money? Stefan Struve? Stefan Struve. Because what? it doesn't matter doesn't matter who Brock Lesnar faces. Really? It doesn't matter who he faces. They will not give him a UFC title match. I, no, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Stefan Struve is a, is a win for Brock Lesnar, and I'll tell you why. He's a seven-foot-tall guy. Yeah. If he loses, you know how WWE can spin it. The seven-foot monster, blah, 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 knocked out the UFC heavyweight champion because he did. He knocked mm-hmm. out uh, Stipe Miocic. Yeah. That is a guy that Brock Lesnar can beat. He could fight Jan Blahovics, and it doesn't matter. It's still selling a million. Still going to sell about, a million. What uh, about, uh, what's the fellow that was calling Travis Brown? Derek Hill? Derek Lewis? Derek Lewis. What about him? Derek Lewis, he probably knocks Brock out. You think he would? Yeah. You don't That's think- the thing. That's the thing. Stefan Struve has knocked people out, yeah, but he doesn't use his range at all. He's yeah. he never put his tools together, yeah. and it's a guy that Brock can get his hips underneath very easily and sit on top of for three but rounds. You don't think Brock and, would just take Derek Lewis down because he's got no stamina? You don't think he would just take him down? Like he had some stamina in his last fight. Yeah. He had a third round uh, finish that was very impressive in his last fight. He's got those back injuries cleared up. I and Stefan Struve, if Stefan Struve beats Arlovsky this weekend, he fights this. Saturday post show with me and James Lynch, by the way, guys. There you go. But um, he's the top ten ranked guy. I don't think it, it's not a quote unquote money fight. Yeah. But what are you going to do? You're not going to put him against Overeem again. Overeem will hit him with the old pant shitter kick. And it's all over. <laughs> yeah. No. Brock, I agree. Brock's got that surgically removed butthole. He can't take any more of those. <laughs> uh, that's the that's the uh, scientific term. Yeah. For diverticulitis. Yes. Uh, Nigel, put up that uh, coachman tweet. Sure. This was posted on Twitter by Jonathan Coachman yesterday, February 27th, uh, and I'm going to read it. He said, I continue to be amazed at the venom towards Roman Reigns, and yet all fans can say is, I hate him. Not why, not how, not anything. Stop being sheep and just enjoy the show. You all read mm. social media like it's the Washington Post. I have to believe you're smarter than that. Um, I want to say this. So I, I, I think to a degree he's correct, to a degree. I think that when the fans started booing Roman Reigns, it was because they were rejecting him because they knew he was the corporate chosen one at the time. When he was in the Shield, he was the most popular guy in the Shield, and he was the one that got all the reactions. Problem is, when they split the Shield up, they they peeled off uh, Rollins and Ambrose into a program, and they immediately put Reigns into the world title picture, and the crowd rejected him because they didn't think he was ready and because they knew he was the chosen one. But I think that a lot of the fans now, the reason they boo him is because it seems like the popular thing to do now with Roman Reigns. And that's my opinion. I don't think that the whole crowd boos him because the whole crowd thinks he's the chosen one. I think at least part of the fan base, they treat it like the yes chant. They treat it like the you suck chant for Kurt Angle. They boo him because it's the cool thing to do with Roman Reigns. And that's my opinion. Yeah, I agree. agree I like Roman Reigns as a character. I like him as a wrestler. I don't see the hatred for him. However, I think he should change his music. He should change his gear. He needs to be a little bit different because the fans aren't dumb. The mm-hmm. fans know that he got to keep all the Shield stuff because WWE wanted him to have that. They WWE felt like he needed it. I don't mind the gear on Roman Reigns. 
Uh, I think if you, I think if you make him shirtless, I think I don't know. He might not look as unique as as he is now, but. I agree with you on the music. I also think we've talked about this before. I think that they need to go full full uh, on a heel turn, as opposed to having them walk the line all the time. And I'm a baby face, but I'm going to be a pompous asshole when I want to be, and I'm going to be obnoxious when I want to be. But I'm still a good guy. I think they right need now. to go full bore on it. Oh yeah, they they have Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura, and AJ Styles as baby faces right now. Right. That's pretty damn stellar to right. have two two guys that could be interchangeable as top guys on each brand and Roman Reigns working as a heel. When's the last time we haven't seen that since the shield days. And instead of him working from underneath, we can see some of the offense that he's added and some of the, we can really just, and it will get him over as a baby face, I think. But if you add that mean streak to him, I think that a lot of people will, uh, I mean, we saw with taker and we saw with Cena that he's got the potential to be an asshole, right? Yeah, of course. Why not let him be the asshole that the fans want him to be? And then six months or a year down the road, after he's now an asshole, people are going to have a reason to boo him. Then they're going to kind of see the talent that he has, and then maybe he can get them back. But I think until then, again, just like people want to chant, you suck when Kurt Angle comes out, they want to boo Roman Reigns when they hear his music. And, and who that's do you how think it is writes? Right who do you think writes the majority of Roman Reigns' stuff? That's a good question. Uh, well, I can um, tell you who it's not. It's not Jimmy Jacobs. <laughs> that was very good. Because he's gone from the company. I spoke with Jimmy Jacobs recently. Take a listen. Jimmy, you, you came to Impact shortly after your, your WWE departure. Did you have discussions with any other companies? And what made you land on Impact Wrestling, if so? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I absolutely did. Uh, you know, full disclosure, I talked to Ring of Honor about going back there. and uh, But... Uh, I, I did that for a lot of years. I was with Ring of Honor for, for 10 years, and uh, I wanted to do something new. You know, I had a conversation with Scott and, and, and Sanjay on the phone about, uh, about different things in Impact, and um, it, just, it just seemed like a nice fit. It was something I wanted to try out. And so my first time in uh, uh, Ottawa was kind of just a, a test run, a test go to see, to see sort of how, uh, how the fit was. And the fit felt good. I mean, like I said, we're in a rebuilding phase. And um, they needed somebody who, who could wear a lot of different hats and do a lot of different things. And I have experience doing all those things as far as, you know, writing and creative and helping guys with promos and helping guys with matches and being an on-air character as well. Uh, so uh, it, 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 it was nice, man. It was, it was a nice week in, in Ottawa. And it sort of solidified that uh, uh, impact was kind of the direction I wanted to go. Uh, just to follow up really quickly on that, I'm assuming the ROH conversations happened when you – kind of made the cameo on their their pay-per-view right yeah yeah and afterwards you know i go i go back a long way with 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 ring of honor you know back to 2003 and with the you know the booker you know hunter johnson and i are are, are, are longtime friends so of course so he was he was the first person i called you know before before the news of me getting fired from wb broke i mean i called him a couple of days uh, you know, the new, the news when I got fired didn't break for almost a week later. So he was the first person I called. We set up that little uh, cameo for me on their uh, on their pay per view, and and we talked about a role for me after that. And uh, I told him I was in discussion with Impact, and uh, you know that's that's where I ended up. So. And we're back. We'll have that full clip up soon. We're just More talking Jimmy Jacobs later. We were just talking off the air about Hogan versus Warrior at WrestleMania six and about how if you go back and watch the match, the match sucks. And I was telling Sean, I still dig it, number one, from the nostalgia aspect, and number two, because it was the only time Jesse Ventura put over Hogan. Uh, and I was telling Sean, at the end of that match, if you go back and watch, when Hogan was leaving on that 
little cart with the ring, you know, the ring cart. Ventura, mm-hmm. Ventura actually said, I believe Hulkamania will live forever. And it's like, what? What did you ever hear Jesse the Body Ventura put over Hogan like that? You know? Of course, that was before he found out about Hogan uh, stifling his uh, union attempt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Well, me, myself and Anna Bauer did an alternate commentary podcast for that. We did one for the Hardcore Battle Royal of WrestleMania 2000, and then Raven versus Kane versus Big Show. So those three will be coming in the weeks following Fastlane, leading up to WrestleMania. And that WrestleMania weekend, uh, that's psycho. David T sent me a schedule of events. That weekend, there's Matt Riddle's Bloodsport. There's a couple of Evolve shows, WWN Super Show, Beyond Wrestling, Progress, Impact. Bellator's running a show that nobody's going to watch. Janela's Spring Break, which actually got some of the most buzz for us last year. Mm. You got NXT, ROH, WWE, a big UFC pay-per-view. Usually they stay away from that weekend. So that Saturday night, I think I'll be doing like three podcasts that night. It's going to be crazy. Let me ask you this, Sean. Were you ever a Simpsons fan? Yeah, I was a Simpsons fan in like the 90s and the early 2000s, and I haven't watched it since, but Mm. I got to tell you, uh, when I went to Universal for my like year delayed honeymoon, I went to Universal and we were at like Harry Potter World where Kara wanted to go. Sure, but when where, I where I got Kara to visit, wanted to go, <laughs> I, I'm not. Yeah, it was weird, man. Everybody they were speaking French. I didn't understand yeah. it. Like, <laughs> took you 20 minutes to figure out they were speaking French. Yeah, I found Simpsons Land, and I haven't given a shit about the Simpsons for 15 years, 16 years. I was a kid there. Yeah. I ate at the Krusty Burger. I drank Buzz Cola. I was rocking the shit, Jimmy. Well, I didn't expect your answer was going to be that long, but uh, well, uh, <laughs> we got the reason <laughs> the reason I brought it up is a simple yes would have sufficed. But the reason <laughs> no. I brought it up is because, and I love it when I can crack Nigel up. I feel like I've done my job. Oh, the reason I brought it up is because do you remember when they would show uh, footage from like in a studio of a TV show, and there'd be a, a monkey chomping a cigar on a typewriter? Right, and that would be like the head writer for a TV show. So I am convinced that a relative of that monkey, because that monkey in theory would be dead, because that's got to be twenty years ago. A relative of that monkey is writing SmackDown. I'm convinced yeah. that they now have cigar smoking, typewriter using monkeys that are writing SmackDown. The reason I'm now convinced is because as great as the production has been, Sean, on SmackDown. With uh, 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 you know selfie promos and then like the, the the graphics over the screen and then they started putting up emojis for the new day's entrance and they had the usos with like the the prison doors closing as great as the production has been they've taken it up a notch unless I missed it because maybe I missed it previously this week I, I I noticed it they're cutting away during matches now in the middle of matches they're cutting away so that you can watch Shane McMahon eat popcorn and you can watch Carmella checking out her her cell phone. And in the middle of live matches, pancakes are better than waffles. That's right. She was well. Clearly, she thought pancakes was better than waffles. Who but, but can you? Isn't it mind-boggling? And 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 don't get me wrong. I realize that Naomi against Ruby Riot is not exactly uh, Roman Reigns against Seth Rollins. I oh, get it. Match sucked. No, I, I get that. I get that. But but they proved on Raw that the fans still want to see matches, right? They did a two-hour gauntlet match, and it got their best rating since Raw 25, right? So they proved that people still want to see matches. And again, I know Naomi and Ruby Wright is not Rollins and Reigns. Why, how do they think that it's smart on a pro wrestling show to cut away in the middle of a pro wrestling match so we can watch Chip and Man eat popcorn and we can see Carmella texting? 
How does that make I, any sense? I don't have an answer for you. I've asked about some of their production stuff. I never get straight answers. The answers I usually get are over my head or above my pay grade. That's usually the answers I get in regards to that because I ask all the time. Yeah. I had, I you know, I had people uh, from the wrestling standpoint and the backstage standpoint reference my video this week. Like they would text me, and one one person, a backstage employee, said. You just had to do that, didn't you? Mm. Like, joking about it. Yeah. And then I had a wrestler saying, I would retweet that if it wouldn't get me in shit. So they're aware. Yeah. They know that it's bad. They know that it's stupid. They know that the zooms are bad and the camera yep. cuts are bad and that yep. the weird letters are bad and yep. all this stuff. There, there's one or two guys, take a guess who, who think that it's a good idea. This is predominantly a SmackDown issue. Yeah. I mean, the zoom is everywhere, but the but the, but the this this the graphics on the screen cutting away in the middle of a match. This is a SmackDown issue, and uh, years ago, you remember during a match they would have the little promo in the little bubble of a, mm-hmm. of a guy, and that's fine. You can do that. You still have the match on the screen. And you can do that. They literally completely cut away from the women's match and had Carmella full screen texting on her cell phone. Yeah, and I just thought. Well, she was doing their social media. I, it was yes. stupid, and it, and it, and it, it completely negates what you're trying to do on a pro wrestling show. I didn't understand it. I the Road Dog seems like a really nice guy. Brian James seems like a really good dude. If he's still ahead of production, man, you really need to like just go take a break. Like go live on an island for like three months. Take Stephanie McMahon with you after WrestleMania. Go live on an island for like three months, and then maybe they can kind of you know clean up the show and make it better. Keep Stephanie. I want Stephanie to stay now through Mania because I want her to get armbar. So she can stay through Mania. After Mania, she can go live on an island with Randy Orton and uh, and uh, Brian James for like three months. Did you see how old Randy Orton looked? On and Smash Baron Down? Corbin. And Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin can go with you to that island unless he's going to be a Federette. If he's going to be a Federette. French, how much French do you speak? Uh, almost none. I'm wondering how great Kevin Owens' trash talk game is in French if it's that good in English. Yeah, it's, it's, my God, it's true. Is I mean, you've seen Pat Patterson, you've listened to Pat Patterson, mm-hmm. the, and both of those guys, French is their first language. Both of those guys didn't speak a lick of English. Uh, I think with Kevin Owens, it was until his early teens. Patterson was a little bit older. You listen to them now. Patterson's accent is much stronger than Owens is. And, I uh, would have never guessed that that wasn't his first language. Yeah. Like there are no barriers. Like you know, oh. I speak to people all the time that. That English is their second language, and they have. I mean, our, our lead boxing writer Carlos, and I mean, yep. his has improved drastically over the past year and a half, even. Right. But Kevin Owens, I would have never known. Would have never known. And if he doesn't have a career in commentary after his wrestling career, I don't know who does. Yeah. And as I said on the SmackDown show, the benefit of that might be if he goes ten more years, maybe Vince McMahon's not there. And you don't have a guy screaming in your ear the way that Vince McMahon does people. You're right, because he's very quick-witted. He's very sharp, you know, and, and you need that to be good on commentary. And we shit on Corey Graves sometimes just because Corey Graves comes off a little pompous sometimes. But Corey Graves is pretty good at what he does too. And again, I, I popped when he said Mantor and Abe Knuckleball Schwartz mm-hmm. uh, because that's stuff that most people aren't going to recognize this day and age, I think, unless you're a long-time fans. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Owens is, is, is excellent. And it's funny, too, because when you talk about Quebec, he grew up in a completely French-speaking part of, of Quebec. Yeah. Quebec, Quebec is mostly, because I know people maybe in, in the States maybe don't know, Quebec is mostly bilingual, and they mostly speak English everywhere. But there are still pockets that are completely French. And I think he grew up in one of those. And matter of fact, I think he said that uh, television and pro wrestling is what got him yeah. into English, right? He said that he was horrible at cursing, but I bet he knew everything that was going on in Harry Potter. 
Always back to the Harry Potter with this guy. Always back to the Harry Potter. So I want to ask you this. So we've been putting over John Cena lately uh, because he's embraced his role as a veteran and he's putting guys over and he's doing it with no complaint. He's putting them over clean. That being said, I cannot emphasize how much I hate, how much I hate this I'm desperate to get to WrestleMania story that he's in. I can't emphasize how much I hate it. Once again, they are disrespecting the intelligence of their fan base because the fan base knows he's your biggest star. There's no fucking chance he's not going to be at WrestleMania when he's your biggest star. SmackDown this week, he pinned AJ Styles in order to earn the right into Fastlane. Did you see what he did as soon as he pinned AJ Styles? I didn't. What did he do? He literally pinned AJ Styles, was still on the mat after pinning him, rolled over and looked at the WrestleMania sign. <laughs> and well, I, I watched that and I thought, the people are not this stupid, man. They know you're going to WrestleMania because you're the biggest freaking star in the company. Come on. You know? So I, this would be a lot better for me if next week he came out and said, listen, I know I can get on the WrestleMania card, but I want to be in a featured match on That would be great. Card. And that would be great. And that would be acceptable, but that's not what he said. Right? I know. And that's all it takes. And he could say, you know, last year I had a life-changing moment happened to me, and that was my WrestleMania moment. Right. And I've had The Rock and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and all these title matches. And right. Have him reference the time that he wasn't on WrestleMania at WrestleMania 19 and how how he promised that would never happen again. Right. And that he would always be in something important because after that, the worst he got was the big show in a U.S. title match, essentially. And that was very big for him at the time. So. Right. I agree. It, I thought for sure they were going to Cena and Nakamura at Fastlane. Oh, you did? They, oh, Yeah. I, I could have seen a situation because they they do like to paint Nakamura as being more clever than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like I could see where Cena came out, would come out and be like, I want to challenge you for your spot. And Nakamura just stares at him the entire time. And then, <laughs> and then Cena's like, okay, I get it. Dumb idea. I shouldn't. I, it was a long shot anyway. And then when Cena gets up to the ramp, Nakamura just goes, okay. <laughs> just because he's a troll that's what he does I mean what what they book makes sense because he's allegedly trying to get to Wrestlemania and if he yeah. wins the title he's guaranteed a spot at Wrestlemania so what the fuck else is on Fastlane uh, uh um, I don't know maybe they could a tag title uh, match a tag yeah. title match and Charlotte and Ruby Riot. you got Randy Orton and yeah huh maybe they could have the New Day like cook pancakes in the ring like a cooking segment I'd eat up a good 15 minutes, you know? I don't know. Okay, so last week I had crepes for the first time, Jimmy. Yeah, but were they good crepes? I had them at Bob Evans. I love Bob Evans. Bob Evans is a... In Kentucky? Yeah, respectable chain establishment. I like Bob Evans. You do? I love Bob Evans. Okay, if I I Google world's best crepes, where's Bob Evans going to rank? Probably not high, but they were good. They were good? I enjoyed But I get the feeling... That if I would have dropped a turd on the plate and lathered it in blueberries and whipped cream, that it probably would have been passable. I would like to say crepes are not as good as waffles. I'm sorry, I have to address this. So are you saying that you're a shit eater? <laughs> you yeah, just it wasn't, it wasn't hyperbole at all. You just said if you put blueberries on shit, it's passable. You just said that. It might be. What did you the eat? The blueberries and the blueberry sauce. So did you, is that what you had with crepes, blueberries? I just want to say, from an aesthetic standpoint, when they pulled them out, I was like, man, this looks like a little bit like eggs. And then... 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Yeah, because they were, I'm telling you, the consistency and all that stuff. Then I bit into them, I was like, these are delicious, way better than pancakes. Way better than pancakes, but not as good as waffles. Where do you see the egg comparison? I don't understand. Okay, you can get eggs at Bob Evans, at restaurants, if you fry them up, sometimes they don't look good. And these looked like bad eggs. Are you talking about the thing that in Canada we call an omelet? Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, an omelet. Yeah. Okay, why can't you just sit there? I'm like, I'm like, damn. I don't know. Okay. And what did you have the crepes with? Blueberries? Blueberries, whipped cream. Okay, here's what you got to do, Sean, and you got to do this for me, bud. I want you to go back to Bob Evans. Hopefully they, can, they, they, they do this. Go back to Bob Evans. Get yourself some crepes with Nutella and banana. I don't think they have Nutella there, and it's Nutella anyway. How do they not have Nutella? At a, you said this is a chain, Bob yeah. Evans? Yeah. Oh, they should Good have God, it. I would, I would go get some at the store, but apparently I get the shit kicked out of it. <laughs> That's just true, especially if it goes I, on sale. Then you're I really in trouble. I watched that trick video. I know what's yeah, going on. Right? It's true. <laughs> My God. Go back and tr- try to have them with with banana and Nutella, and, and then you'll be like, "Oh my god, this is good." Am shit. I allowed to expense this too? This is pod. This is podcast material. You know what? If you get documented proof, yes, you can. You can expense uh, banana and Nutella crepes from Bob. Evans. I have a picture of me eating the crepes from last week. I made sure Kara took it. Not good enough. Because before before I had the WWE idea, I was going to do a skit with crepes. Oh, you were. Because I expected them to be trash, but they were actually good. And I was like, shit. <laughs> Why did you expect them to be trash? Do you think that I'm not capable of, of like liking quality things? Well, you kind of clowned me when I was in Toronto when I said, do you all have sweet tea here? And you're like, oh, do we have sweet tea? <laughs> okay, first it off, sucks. that's completely erroneous. That's not what I said. That's completely erroneous. What I did was I said, Sean, we're in Toronto. Of course they have sweet tea. That's what there, I said to you. There are places in the north that just don't carry it at the restaurants. This is a metropolitan city of like three million people, Sean. 
Yeah, and three million people drink real shitty tea there. Because <laughs> they're all drinking tea from Prohibition Grill. That's what you're saying. All three <laughs> million of them. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's not, let's not call him out. The place had great. Food. Yeah, I'm just saying. The guy knew you. He recognized your accent. It's Prohibition Grill, Midtown That's Toronto. That's what it was. Trying to put the restaurant on blast. I'd like to go back there sometime. Well, I still go there once a week. They're good. Don't worry. I don't about know it. if they would close down over negative reviews yeah. about no, sweet tea. Anyway. I mean, I think we're good. Yeah, I know, but. You know, I don't want to eat blueberry-covered shit either there. So. But you already said you do, actually. He said it's passable. I didn't say I do. I said it might be, because that blueberry sauce was a Nigel, what he said, man. He said you put blueberries on shit, it's passable. Yeah, something like that. that yes, that's what he said. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I didn't say that we got another I video here, it. Nigel. Yeah. we got another video, bud. <laughs> so, one more thing about John Cena. Harry Potter and the Pancake of Stone. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing about John Cena that I want to mention. So on Raw, he called out Taker, but then he made it clear that that wasn't possible. Uh, then Sports Illustrated reported actually uh. today, February 28th, that Cena is currently slated to face Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. Uh, Rey's uh, WWE deal is said to be near completion. They're hoping to have it completed by the end of the week. Uh, probably a part-time deal, kind of like a Chris Jericho. And uh, apparently... Uh, Cena requested either Rey Mysterio or Samoa Joe for Mania and Samoa Joe's injured now so he's going to get Rey Mysterio my question is will WWE assuming that they sign the contract will WWE allow Rey Mysterio to fulfill his obligation to New Japan for the show in Long Beach next month okay so there's a few things I want to approach here this is a big reason why you don't often see me reporting storyline news because you know, there's always the joke of people saying, plans change, plans change, and crapping on journalists for that. Juice isn't worth the squeeze for me in that regard. That's why my accuracy percentage a little bit higher up there. I don't even – like what's the, the benefit of me reporting storyline news? That being said, if Rey Mysterio is facing John Cena, I guarantee you it wasn't hashed out yesterday. No, I that agree. That I ain't agree. happening. I agree. That is, that is not happening. Also, Vince McMahon hates teasing the idea of matches and it not happening because Steve Austin and Brock Lesnar got a talking to for running their own angle on the podcast. So I, you know, just from a speculation standpoint, I would still expect Undertaker, John Cena. And that was going to be actually a point I was going to make was why would they have Cena mention Taker on Raw and plant that seed in the minds of the fans if that's not the plan? Because now the fans are going to be disappointed. And do you remember Russell, Do you remember the Rumble when Ray was number thirty, and the people wanted Daniel Bryan, and they booed the shit out of Ray Mysterio for no fault of Ray Mysterio. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. The same thing could happen here, where now they're going to want the Undertaker, and Ray Mysterio's music hits, and he's going to get booed because they want the Undertaker. And you have right? PW Insider and Wrestling Observer saying that Mysterio was not even at SmackDown. Oh, when they had the picture with Sin Cara. Uh, just he, that he was not at SmackDown last night. That's what that's what they're saying. Meanwhile, Sports Illustrated says that he was. I never heard he was at SmackDown. I just saw a picture with him and Sin Cara sitting together on a car. Yeah. Oh, so, there you go. All right. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, Ray was in great shape at the Rumble. Him and Cena, I'm sure, would be a good match. But again, if you mention Taker, you're putting Ray <clears> in a tough spot because the fans aren't going to receive it well now. They they want the Undertaker now. You know? Yeah. I mean, what I had. Assumed. I know that Ray was at 
he was at that live event, but I don't think he was in SmackDown. So, right. All right, let's go to stupid people. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Thanks to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the song. I want to. I want to emphasize: this is not a religious podcast. Oh boy! I repeat: this is not a religious podcast. I'm telling stories. God's not dead. He's surely alive. Uh, Nigel, put up the first photo. So uh, now, did you do the split screen on this? Because I can't see it. Is it the I can, split screen? I can uh, send it half the screen, and then I can put the other one the other up one after. On the other half? So. Okay, good. So uh, this was reported by the UK's Daily Mail on February 22nd. Muslim protesters in India are calling for a boycott of Pampers uh, diapers because some of the packages feature a cartoon cat and they claim that it is offensive because its whiskers resemble the Arabic spelling of Prophet Muhammad. Uh, so I asked Nigel, we got a picture of the, of the cartoon cat and we have a picture of what Muhammad looks like spelled in Arabic. So you can see the supposed resemblance between the two. Uh, there really is no resemblance, but you can see the supposed resemblance between the two. And for that reason, uh, there have been videos, and the Daily Mail had some. There are videos of these Muslim protesters burning the packages of diapers in the street because they think it's offensive. Proctor and Gable actually had to release a statement saying they would never intend to offend any person or religion. And the design showed, quote, an innocent animated representation of a cat. Boy, they would hate my house. <laughs> That's all I have to say. You have Ar- you have Arabic representations of Muhammad, like walking all over the place. I do. Place. And I, you know, I'm not that learned on the Muhammad situation. They're not allowed to show him either, right? Like, is that the deal? Uh, I don't know. All I know is it was if if as as the photo will show that Nigel put up. It's it's Arabic spelling. It's not a photo. Well, I mean, even even though, I mean, I remember like a Family Guy episode that caught a lot of flack because like they were going to show him or something or a depiction of him or something like that. Maybe, Maybe it was a depiction. And it caught some heat. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, that's oh, one I for Nigel to hunt down. I, I can I can explain it to you, but yeah. Yeah. It's any any sort of thing that, that even borders on it. The depiction is the main thing that's caused like a lot of controversy, right? Like there's the Danish cartoonist in the early 2000s. Uh-huh. Then there was Charlie Hebdo that made uh, jokes about Muhammad. And uh-huh. They actually, like there was a mass shooting there. This is a cartoon cat on a package of diapers. Yeah, yeah. So I think so the same thing. I, I think the threshold is pretty low. Yeah, for I, I'm, I'm thinking Procter and Gamble wasn't thinking. Let's fuck with those Muslims. Yeah, yeah. I have to think that it's just a cartoon cat. It would be more than that, though. It's a bad business decision. Oh yeah. Why? Why on earth would anyone do that? Right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And I happened to look up that particular type of diaper. They also have like uh, you know uh, giraffes and donkeys and shit. The cat is just one of the pictures on the diapers that they have. There's probably, like, messages from the Illuminati. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They got a trend going. All right, this, this next one. Oh, I wonder. This next one is borderline Sean Ross app file. All right? We've borderline. had plenty of that today. Yeah, this is a borderline one, and Nigel's going to put the photo up. This was reported by the UK Metro on February 22nd. Have you ever heard of 2Channel? No. 2Channel is a Japanese message board. A man put up a series of posts and a series of photos on 2Channel saying that he works with fish on a daily basis and uh, he decided to try masturbating using the stomach of an anglerfish. He posted pictures of the stomach that he stretched out so that he could put it on his hand like a glove. He also posted photos of him disinfecting the fish 
using salt and uh, ethanol. Uh, then he supposedly, allegedly, wore it as a glove and masturbated with it. He, uh, he got a urinary tract infection and had to get antibiotics. As you're telling me this story, I feel like the guy in, in the hat from Get Out, where he's just looking at him, he's like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. This may be a plant from the what is it like the the realistic sex doll thing? This is a plant from them. They're like, see, not so creepy, right? <laughs> <laughs> not so creepy. <laughs> Brilliant. The stomach of a raw anglerfish. Oh man. Let's move on. This last one. This is for the SRS file. This is from one of our podcast listeners, 0017. And it was, oh, boy. I know this one. You know this one. It was reported by the Associated Press on February 24. I don't have a photo of this one, Sean. So you lucked out here. Uh, police in Corsicana, Texas, were investigating a report of a theft at a grocery store, and they took a female suspect into custody named, custody named Shannon Martin. They put her in the back of a police cruiser. What they didn't know was that she had on her at that time a crack pipe and 2.3 grams of crack cocaine. And so in an attempt to hide those items, she decided to intentionally shit her pants. Then she hid the crack pipe and the crack in her poop. What makes this even stranger is along with the crack pipe and the crap and the crack, she also decided to hide a Valentine's Day card in her poop. The officers had to sift through the feces, found the items... And she was booked on charges of tampering with evidence and possession of a controlled substance. <laughs> My only question is, blueberries or nah? Blueberries or nah? So, a Valentine's card. Like, First off, why would you put it there? It ain't going to be any good after that. Maybe it now, had her I name mean, on it? I don't know. Now, I mean, a crackhead maybe is so desperate to get their crack that they'll they'll sift through duty for it, but a Valentine's card? Are you giving it to someone after that? Uh, Is it well, an ex? A it, jilted ex? That it'd be memorable sense. if she did. It sure as hell would. Twenty years down the road, they'd remember that Valentine's Day card. Yeah. Uh huh. You know. Uh, I want to say one more thing about John Cena that I forgot to, uh, before the little break. Um, Elias was on the Edge and Christian podcast. And he revealed that it was John Cena that encouraged him to use the walk with Elias catchphrase. He Not said, a surprise. He said that uh, he came up with it. Elias came up with it. And he went to John Cena and he said, uh, did you know that WWE, what WWE stands for? It stands for walk with Elias. He said, Cena said to him, you've got to make a thing out of that. Uh, and as we now know, it's massively popular with the crowd. They, they say it with him whenever he says it. Uh, so good for him. I'd say next to Braun Strowman, he's probably the hottest thing on Raw right now. Yeah, man, I'm really enjoying him. He's getting better in the ring. He's great. He's, he has already mastered the the craft of commanding a crowd. He had it from the first That's day it. on Raw, I think. He had the crowd. He you was know? one of those guys that Triple H said he knew wouldn't work in NXT, but he was there for the main roster. And when he was called up, I questioned it. A lot of people questioned it, and it was the right move. Yeah, he's doing great. It's, it's funny when you look at certain guys like Bo Dallas – Bo Dallas was a guy that I just didn't think Bo Lee was going to work on the main roster, and it didn't. You look at a guy like Adam Rose, didn't make any sense. What are you fighting for? You're partying on a bus. I don't get it. It didn't work on the main roster. Then you take a guy like Elias, like you said, and he is flourishing. He's doing real well, so good for him. You know? I did like the Bo Dallas stuff early on when he would do the victory lap and was like 
overly baby face, but still that had a defined limit on it. They cut it off at the legs, but still the max you're going to get out of that is not much longer than what they got out of yeah, it. Yeah, so. he looked he he kind of looked like enhancement talent, quite frankly. Like he didn't look yeah. like you know a, a top level guy. Um, all right, Flow Sports. So David Bixenspan, he did a story for Fightful.com today, February twenty eighth. Uh, about how the lawsuit, Flow Sports versus WWN, was dismissed after both parties signed a confidential agreement to resolve the dispute. I'm going to go ahead and guess. I haven't read the uh, the full statement. I'm going to go ahead and guess that they both decided, hey, let's not pay any more legal fees. Yep, probably. It wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you, because I'm not a big Flow Sports guy. I'm not a subscriber to the service. I don't really follow it. We know that Floor Slam is already dead. Um, Pro Wrestling Torch reported that their CEO, Martin Floriani was forced out of the company. So what's going on with Flow Sports? They're spending all that VC. Are they still, is Flow Combat still doing all right? Well, I mean, you know, without getting into personal business, they let go of Dwayne Finley. And if you let go of Dwayne Finley, you're not doing too good. Right. Because that is one of the tip top journalists in the MMA game, period. So I know like, at one point, uh, James Lynch does freelancing for them. I know at one point they, uh, he stopped working with them for whatever reason, but then recently he went back and started doing stuff for them again. So, There's only a couple of their verticals that they've had that actually work from my understanding. And I, I can tell you, man, it's hard to budget and to make things work, but I'll tell you this, when Fightful got in the game, it was you and your company. It wasn't like investors here, 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 here. But If we would have been given all that money, you better well damn believe that Fightful would probably be on a billboard somewhere. <laughs> like we, I, I'm I'm amazed at how they burned through all that. And I know there were real smart people there. I'm talking like Brent Brookhouse and Jeremy Botter, guys who have been there, been around forever, know how to make things work. And uh, our boy Rob McCarron flew out there, took yeah. a look at things, and said thanks, but no thanks. I think once again they uh, they didn't understand the marketplace. And they were expecting people to pay money to watch, you know, mid-level, low-level sporting events. And I don't know. Sometimes you can just see these things and know they're not going to work, you know? Yeah, and I, and I hate that because I know Matt Riddle was making some good money from Flow. Right. And Well, he's still under WWN contract. Yeah, I'm sure. But I, I think that the Flow deal, that yeah. prevented him from doing a little bit more. But I, yeah. I, I'm hoping to talk to him. Right. No, I don't want to go out there and say, hey, I'm going to interview Matt this month. But right, right. I have asked Matt if he would do an interview with me ahead of his show. And he said, sure, anytime you want, anything you need. Whether that gets scheduled or not, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But That's how Matt is, yep. So I think it was in 2012 uh, that Kenny Omega went to New Japan. Mm-hmm. And at that time, the Young Bucks posted on social media because Kenny Omega was teaming with Ibushi as, as the Golden Lovers. And the Young Bucks uh, posted on social media basically that they want to see that match. The Young Bucks against Kenny Omega and uh, Kota Ibushi. So now the Young Bucks announced recently that they are ascending into the heavyweight tag team division in New Japan because they have the junior heavyweights and the heavyweights. They're ascending to the heavyweights. Who's in the heavyweight division? Omega and Ibushi. And they've announced that match for the Long Beach Show on March 25. That should've should be very interesting, man. Should have ran a 10,000-seater. Yeah, that's going to be spoke, interesting. Spoke with people at Access that said, yeah, they should have ran a 10,000-seater, too. Mm-hmm. They sold out before they announced anything. Right. they got to run bigger venues. And I know that, that the people on Being the Elite wanted them to as well. That show 
I can't speak enough of because that show has helped build up all this so right. so well. And uh, there are a couple of there's a good video um, that I saw and a great thread, and I'm going to post them together on Fightful that explains the history of the Golden Lovers, Cody or Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of the it's just great storytelling over years and how they've they've done that. It's just masterfully crafted. And the young bucks are they've added a ton of muscle. My God, they they've been hitting the weights hard. And I'm all for it. I think there shouldn't be a junior heavyweight tag division there anyway, because I don't I don't particularly like the heavyweight tag division in New Japan. And I think it could use for some of that contrast, just like I think in WWE, cruiserweights should be able to form tag teams right. and compete in that. And the regular tag team versatility. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But, oh, I am down for that. I can't wait. You think about that. That's a week before WrestleMania. You yeah. want to talk about maybe one of the most loaded weeks for Fightful ever. Right. UFC, ROH, New Japan, NXT, WWE, Bellator, all running shows. Yeah. That's... Man. Crazy. Hope you don't have a stroke that week, Sean. Well, I know David Tease might. He's talking about this stuff, and I'm like I said, I'm probably doing three podcasts that Saturday night. Wow, wow. Maybe, I'm pumped. I can't I, wait. I would love if you if you're low on talent. I'd love to see if Nigel will jump in and do like the uh, the New Japan show with you. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be awful. <laughs> I know one thing. If there are any political related wrestling happenings, right? I need to have Nigel on. Yep. Yeah, sure, for sure. If, if The Rock ends up running in, what are they saying, 2024 or something, oh whatever, if he ends up running, if Fightful's still around by then, <laughs> hey, we will... Hey, sir, uh... sir. <laughs> in, in, our, in our group chat there that all we got to do is be around for 20 years and we'll be at the top of the Google rank. That's, That's right. all it takes. That's what we learned, yep, yep. So uh, Impact Wrestling had to do a little bit more spin control this past week. PW Insider reported that some members of the roster hadn't been paid for the January tapings. And uh, Ed Nordholm actually responded to the report. Uh, his his response actually does have some validity to me, so we'll see if, if it holds true. But he said payments went out on time. He essentially said that uh, they pay on a net 30 basis, so that means 30 days after uh, the money is due or whatever. And he said that uh, payments went out on time, but they moved their headquarters to Canada, and that could cause a delay with the mail crossing the border. I know from personal experience, it takes about a week for something that I mailed today to get to you in Kentucky. Uh, you yeah. know, it takes about a week. So, I guess we'll find out uh, in the next couple of weeks if they've gotten their money yet or not. But he claims they did. So, those bros don't do direct deposit. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could do that. You know, I don't know, man. That's what he said. That's what he said. Um, Another. To to be fair, outside of this, I've heard no issues about pay since Anthem took over. So, because a lot of people make that joke, and I'm like. You're talking about the wrong set of people. You're talking about Airlux and Panda and all those people. Mm-hmm. I don't ever hear like much of anything like that coming out of uh, Impact these days. And don't forget that they, they took care of the Matt Seidel situation. Yeah, they you sure know, did. When Matt Seidel was a moron, they jumped in and paid back some of the money when they really didn't have to do it. So yeah. uh, so good for them. Um, <laughs> Tom Zank. So Tom Zank passed away in December. And uh, yeah. finally it's come out. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner in Minneapolis... They finally released uh, the cause of death. He died from what they call arteriosclerotic heart disease, which is the hardening and narrowing of the arteries as well as an enlarged heart. Now, it's pretty well known that an enlarged heart can be the byproduct of steroid use. 
Mm-hmm. And Tom Zank admitted under oath during Vincent Mann's steroid trial against the U.S. government that he uh, began taking steroids in 1981 and used them uh, during his WWE and WCW run. So probably a correlation. Yep. Uh, few things in life. I mean, I've never done any substance type of stuff, but I, I when I wanted to wrestle and I wanted to do MMA, I did have somebody that I knew and that I liked at the time that were like, hey, maybe this stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, I don't want my fucking heart to explode at 40. Right. Thanks. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's you, sad. And you've heard the stories. It's sad and it's unfortunate. But, yeah, like, like you're saying, over and over again, it happens. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I still think of the Dynamite Kids book. Have you ever read the Dynamite Kids book? I haven't. You should because he tells, you know, some, some pretty big tales in that book. And one of them was about how one time him and Davey were uh, a little bit desperate to get something because they were out, and they actually tried horse steroids. Ooh. Yeah. Have, have you ever heard the Scott Hall Warlord story? No, I don't think so. Oh, that's the best. Warlord <laughs> just juiced up, yep. jacked up, right? And the way that Kevin Nash tells it is that Warlord went to Scott Hall, and he's like, here, can you can you inject me? Yeah. And that Scott Hall put the needle into his ass once and it broke off and then the second time put the needle in and nothing would go in and that scott hall looked at him and said uh i think you're full (laughs) (laughs) he was a massive enormous human being yeah and still alive too yeah 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 wow wow uh i have one more piece of news i want to talk about but i want to put a graphic on the screen and i have it prepared nigel for it Sure. So uh, do your little segue, and then we'll do it after that. Oh, so I'm kicking out the Jimmy Jacobs. <laughs> Here's Jimmy Jacobs. As, as it pertains to your schedule with Impact Wrestling, obviously the taping is a lot different, but uh, how does that affect things when you have so much to do in such little time as opposed to WWE, where it's that constant grind and that constant like travel and things like that? How has that changed for you in that regard? Uh, I mean, it definitely is it's a different thing, right? Uh, yeah, WWE, it, the, the schedule is 24-7, man. It was, it was, you know, you fly out Sunday to do Raw Monday, to do Drive SmackDown Tuesday, fly out Wednesday in the office all day, Thursday, meeting with events on Friday, writing Raw and SmackDown Friday and Saturday. You know, it was, it was nonstop. Uh, with, with Impact, it's been, it was crazy. Um, uh, it's like, right now, it's like the calm before the storm, and... Uh, you know, in the next few weeks, we're going to start putting together creative uh, for the for the upcoming uh, shows, and uh, and then come, uh, you know, we did this this set of tapings at the beginning of January, and it was like it was like nothing I've ever done in my life, man. It was like six days taping, you know, two two episodes of TV per day, and then afterwards, you know, going back to the hotel room that night, and then looking over, you know, the next day's creative and staying up till 6 a.m. doing that, and, you know, working these, you know, 18, 20-hour days, you know, six days in a row, and I remember, uh, you know, Scott Demore and I were, we, we, we took the, a lot of the brunch of the work, you know, Sanji was at home, he had, uh, he had just gone through, uh, through surgery, so he couldn't come down for these January day things, uh, so, you know, Scott and I were up every, every night, so, you know, four or five, six in the morning, you're working on the next day shows, I look at Scott and I go, uh, after, after one of the nights, you know, it's the morning now, I look at him, I was like, Scott, I worked with Vince McMahon for two and a half years, and it was the hardest I've ever fucking worked in my life, uh, so, it, it, it is it is a lot uh, rolled into one. Yeah, I wondered about that because 
you you've got all you it's almost like a cram session it would seem like Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and man, that's not the ideal way to 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 take the TV. And I think everybody at Impact's aware of that. And I think we're 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 trying to to break that down and break that into into smaller chunks uh, because it's just it's just too it's, it's overwhelming creatively to do that. It's overwhelming work wise. It's overwhelming for the guys. You can't get into the flow of things as as well as you can. Uh, just with just a little less. And if, if we just did four weeks at a time, three weeks at a time, I think that'd be that'd be really helpful. Uh, or six weeks at a time. But you know, twelve twelve is a beast, man. Twelve is a beast. Uh, and like I said, it does have its positives in that we can tell like congruent stories and 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 things of, of that nature long term. Uh, but it, it it's definitely not the ideal way to take television. I think everybody's aware of that. You were closely tied with the Bullet Club, obviously. What kind of reaction did you get from them when you uh, decided to make your move to Impact? And did they like maybe push you to join them in Ring of Honor as opposed to that? Uh, honestly, no. We we had very little like uh, talk about about that sort of stuff, and they they were super gracious after uh, after you know getting fired for WWE. I think they they felt a certain responsibility uh, for it, and then I you know I told the you know the young bucks particularly, and uh, who I go back a long ways with. Uh, I told them it was you know honestly, man, this whole thing has been a it's been a blessing, uh, and so. Uh, but they, they've been very helpful with me as far as like, you know, hooking me up with their t-shirt guy and uh, the, the designs and, and things of that, like uh, sort of getting my foot back in the door of like independent wrestling, you know, man, what do I do? But as far as like career moves, uh, I, I was able to sort of handle things myself. Uh, they made no pushes one way or the other. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm close with them, but I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, we're not like best friends, you know what I mean? Like if uh, they've got their show, their all-in show uh, at some point, you know, if I'm, if I'm on it, I'm on it. If I'm not, I won't be surprised either. Uh, so, you know, there's, like we're close, but we're not that close, I guess. And Thank we're you. friends. They're friends. They are friends of mine, but it's not, uh, I'm not running by my uh, every, uh, you know, career move with them, I guess. And we're back. Jimmy Jacobs, I'll have that full clip up, and we'll have some articles out of it. Uh, good talking to him. But, you know, I put over being the elite and all that stuff, and he had a, a presence on there because of, you know, his selfie and all that stuff. But he said they didn't have much to say or to guide him one or one way or the other. I thought for sure he would head back to Ring of Honor, but uh -huh. Uh -huh. Impact Wrestling. Yeah, good for him. I got one more piece of news, and then we'll do a couple of listener questions. So uh, yeah. this has to do with the ongoing saga of Bray Wyatt and his ex-wife, Samantha. Nigel, put up that first photo. So again, for this is for our, our video watchers. So this is Bray Wyatt along with JoJo Offerman. Uh, you guys know JoJo. She is the ring announcer for Monday Night Raw now. and Daughter uh, of a Major League Baseball All-Star. There you go. Look at those two sweethearts. And you want to talk about you want to talk about uh, uh, you know battling outside your weight class, Sean. Bray Wyatt went up a few notches in terms of league. He got his money fight. <laughs> say that. So so basically, currently Bray and JoJo are an item. They are dating and have been for a little while. Um, the Daily Mail reports so Bray has been battling his ex-wife Samantha uh, since June. I think is when they split last June. He was paying her six thousand a month in child support. She went back to court in September, looking to get it increased because his uh, his uh, salary was going up, and she was able to get a temporary increase of fourteen thousand seven hundred thirty-five dollars wow. a month, as well as a one-time payment of fifty thousand dollars to cover legal expenses. Uh, the Daily Mail reports 
that uh, Samantha is accusing Bray of not paying support. Apparently, he's only still paying the original 6000 and instead he is spending money on, quote, non-necessary items uh, attributed to his girlfriend, JoJo. And according to the legal papers, he spent over $11,000 between December 20th and January 4th on things like miniature horses. <laughs> I mean, JoJo is a small girl, so... I guess you need a small horse. So a minute, miniature horses, jewelry for JoJo, and tabs at bars and strip clubs. And uh, Bray posted, so that Daily Mail, Mail story came out on February 22nd. That same day, February 22nd, Bray posted this on Twitter, and we've got a screenshot of it. He posted, uh, people spread lies. You know who you are. Lies, all lies. But a wolf never loses sleep over the opinion of sheep. Fool. So uh, there you go. Once again, all I can say is, Bray Wyatt, good for you, man. You are you are batting out of your weight class or out of your league. So good job. Uh, yeah, I hope he either did actually pay his child support or will. But I don't know what kind of lifestyle you're living if seventy two thousand a year ain't enough. I think it depends on whether or not she's working. Seventy two thousand. Well, I, kids are not cheap, man. Seventy two thousand. Okay, I'm not going to tell you what... Do you know what Montessori is, Sean? You know that I don't. <laughs> Montessori is kind of like preschool for toddlers. Yeah. Okay? I'm not going to tell you what my daughter's Montessori bill is, but let me tell you, it's it's almost a full-time salary. 72000 It's not that much. <laughs> it's not that much. <laughs> But it's almost a full-time salary. So I know, I'm not saying that she's got her kids in full-time Montessori or anything, but uh, kids aren't free. You know? Gosh, maybe I should have asked you to send me to Montessori instead of asking for a raise. <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were going to say maybe I should have had a kid. I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go do a couple of listener questions. This first one is sure. from The Advocate at the Ace of Knave 7. Uh, he said, if blood and pile drivers are banned by the Louisiana Boxing and Wrestling Commission, does that mean Taker can't tombstone Cena at WrestleMania 34? So it looks like now it's not going to be Taker Cena. It looks like it's going to be Rey Mysterio Cena. However, if they do stay with Taker, my answer to you is this. WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans generated $142.2 million in economic impact for the New Orleans region including $24.3 million in federal, state, and local taxes. If uh, WWE wants Taker to do a pile, a pile driver, he's damn well doing a pile driver. Yep. And if they want him to do six in a row, Yep. if they want him to jump up on the top rope, beckon Jerry Lawler to come down to the ring, <laughs> throw Cena from one turnbuckle to the other, <laughs> Cena, cat, or Cena gets caught, and then one's done through a table outside while <laughs> Cena takes a blade to his forehead. <laughs> Then the city of New Orleans is going to say, hey, commission, piss off. If Tigger wants alone. to douse Cena with gasoline and get some matches and line him up in the center of the ring and pull out a chainsaw. Drop a, drop a shit on his forehead with blueberries all over him. Do it. And, and the then make him Orleans. eat it because it's passable. They can exactly. absolutely do it. It will be passable because the commission won't do a thing about it. Yeah, and they the they Orleans bid for that. They will absolutely let him do a tombstone if Taker's on that show. They will absolutely clarify, let him do they it. They bid for WrestleMania, not the blueberry. <laughs> uh, but the answer is yes. They will let him do a tombstone. 
this next one is from uh, Wadimus Prime. Do you guys at Fightful think Richard Rodriguez has legit evidence on other performers, WWE performers, and is just holding up for hush money from Vince? Just a thought. Thanks, you guys rock. Uh, no, I think that he is trying to draw attention to Johnny Bravo's documentary. I think that he's probably got some kind of a financial deal with Johnny Bravo for that documentary. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Johnny Bravo was giving him a kickback. Uh, hey, if you helped me get so many views on YouTube, whatever. I think he's doing it for the documentary, and that's the, uh, that's the uh, motivation for this whole thing. So I've done a lot of research about this, and you know, I want to be careful what I say because I, this is very much an ongoing thing that I'm covering, but Rodriguez is known pretty pretty widely as a liar like he had issues like he had told uh the court system that he had an interview with like nbc sports or somebody like that Mm. they contacted nbc they said no he didn't we gave him a card on a flight Mm -hmm. because he sat next to us he said that he wanted to go see his attorney last year his attorney was locked up Mm -hmm. in jail uh, the, there's these issues about how long has Johnny Bravo had this laptop? Well, if he's had it for a year, why is he showing himself in videos, unwrapping it and revealing like this information is new? Mm-hmm. Also, to show you how little WWE or Roman Reigns cares about it, the first time they issued a statement to me, they got Rodriguez's name wrong. Oh yeah, That's how little they knew about it. Also... They had Josh Dumel on their show, who is also implicated in this. Yes, I noticed that, yes. yeah. So they truly don't give a shit. Let me they ask you this. So, so Johnny Bravo posted something on Twitter, uh, or maybe it was on YouTube, where he said, hey, I'll have more info on this, but this is regarding Roman Reigns and, and Rodriguez. And it was a picture of a specific GNC store. Yeah. Do you know what that, what that, what's he suggesting? Is he suggesting that's where they met up or something? I don't know. I mean, I used to work at a GNC, and there was a lot of stuff that we would sell there that you would have to tell, like college athletes, don't take this, like Halidrol and right. things like that. Like right. we would have to mention to them, hey, this will make you fail a test, which for some of that stuff, it was almost like a marketing ploy. Like right. we wanted the commission from that sale. Hey, this is the stuff that will make you fail a test, yada, yada, yeah. even though they weren't really getting tested. It's really hard to say, but the thing is, this guy's been in jail for a long time. Yeah. So if WD, if something did come out of it, WWE could easily pass this off as this is what we suspended him for a couple years ago. No, I don't. I disagree with that. I, I so 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 what they're suggesting is that not only do they have proof that his initial suspension is because of this, mm-hmm. they have proof of of uh, of transactions after that. That's that's what hmm. they're suggesting now. If they do have proof, legitimate proof, it's going to be a problem for for Roman Reigns. And and don't kid yourself. If they have legitimate proof, it's going to be a problem for Roman Reigns. But WWE can't be sitting around biting their fingernails. Oh my God, you yeah. know he's gonna. They have to go about their business as usual, and that's what they're doing. And they're keeping Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania. And Roman Reigns is going to beat Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title yep. at WrestleMania. But if they do have proof, and if uh, they're able to reveal legitimate proof, it's going to be a problem. And Roman Reigns will be suspended for 60 days. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, and uh, with with the Reigns thing, it's like, I think I saw one of the substances was testosterone that he was speculated to have gotten. The TDE ratio that it takes to fail a WWE test is so goddamn high right. that you got to practically have the needle still sticking in your ass. When you're in the ring? When you're in the ring and working <laughs> Pretty <a match>? much. <laughs> Pretty much. With your blueberry dingles hanging out, like you gotta, you gotta pretty much still have it going on. Did you know, Sean, that little kids oftentimes, when you give them blueberries, you know, to eat, they will oftentimes swallow them whole, and then they end up coming out in their poop hole. 
Sounds like a delicacy around these parts. At least a passable one. A passable one. Well, so long as it's in a crepe. Then, then it's yeah. a delicacy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's all I got, man. That's all you have? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that's it for this week. Well, what we you have... have anything you want to talk about? Well, I'm just going to plug some shit. Go ahead, plug some shit. Got livingsharp.com. People can get gifts over there. Any price range, any occasion. But Do you want to talk uh, about the new shirt? Yeah, I do if it's up yet. Which one? Fightful Mania or the point of the sign? Point of the sign. Because it's not up yet. Nigel, do you have the photo? Uh, I don't have it on me. Okay, don't uh, worry about it. We'll, we can worry about it later. Don't worry about it. Yeah, we'll plug it then. Yeah. But this weekend we have UFC 222 coverage. I'll do a live show with James Lynch right after that. Also, I'm releasing the full interviews that I did with Tim Storm and Kenny Dykstra. I had those like kind of hanging out in the archives. But there's a lot of stuff that we didn't use on this show from those interviews. So very excited about that. Who's uh, on 222? Cyborg versus Victim. Okay. And then Frankie Edgar, Brian Ortega, that's for a featherweight title shot. Stefan Strew versus Arlovsky. That's uh, interesting. The show, like on paper, like not a whole lot of like big, big time names or anything, but yeah. the shows, the last two weeks have been like that and ended up being good. I think this show is going to be really good too because – Cyborg is going to win, but if this woman happens to beat her, that'll be a giant story. But you also have Zingano versus Caitlin Vieira. The winner of that could be uh, Cyborg's next opponent if she doesn't fight Nunez. John Dodson, Munoz, that's a good one. You got Mike Pyle retiring. Brian Caraway, they have buried him on the fight pass prelims because he doesn't have the heat of being Misha Tate's dude anymore. Right, right. Yeah. And she's pregnant now with the, with the new guy. With Yep. Yeah. So that's going to be a fun, fun show. I got a lot of stuff coming up at Fightful.com. We have three alternate commentary podcasts that will drop uh, in the coming weeks. Myself and Anna did that. Uh, Alex has an article, uh, Off Track with A-Train, Colin Coward Apparently Eats His Own Boogers. I am very excited about that. My daughter does sometimes, too. <laughs> hey, man. She's three, so, yeah. you know. We have that Fightful Wrestling Weekly that drops Friday. I also want you guys to check out our friends over at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Uh, they've been doing a lot of work with us, for us. They put videos in our Fightful Wrestling Weekly. They, have, uh, they, they syndicate this show on Thursdays as well, so you can check it out on both channels. We embed a lot of their videos into uh, our stories, and I appeared on their podcast last week. So definitely check them out. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff to them, to us. But here we are, four minutes shy of 90. And you ran out of stuff, Jimmy. There's, there's no, there's no timeline on this thing, man. We can, if, if something's really interesting, we can go over. And if it's a shitty you, news, I week, know, but, but you complained about my long-winded Simpsons answer, and I've had to, <laughs> I've had to circle back to Harry Potter and blueberries like ten times just to stretch it out. I complained because a simple yes would have been good enough. That's why I complained. I didn't I know was that I was excited. gonna, I didn't know I was gonna ask you a question. It was gonna turn into a ten-minute monologue. I liked Simpsons Land, Simpsons World, whatever it was. It was a good time. You know, I actually, uh, I was in Germany one time, and I actually had a Duff beer in Germany because they were selling them at, uh, at you know, the, like, hot dog stands on the side of the street, whatever. They were actually selling them there, and I, uh, I packed it in socks, and I brought it home, and I have a Duff bottle in my man cave as we speak. So what is this deal? Melissa knows somebody that is involved in this Mario Kart track. And that's coming to Niagara Falls. Yeah, Have you seen she mentioned it was a friend of her boyfriend or something. Whew, she mentioned something I, about it. I can't wait to die there the <laughs> next time I visit Toronto. Because like, you were like, oh, yeah, maybe you should go to Niagara Falls. You know, Niagara Falls itself, yeah, sure, that sounds awesome. But, hey, you hit me with Mario Kart. I'm throwing bananas over my shoulder. 
having a good time. <laughs> they also have uh, uh, good crepe places in Niagara Falls. I will have that's that's got to be a thing. That's got to be something we film for a skit. If I come back to Toronto, is me eating like these amazing Canadian crepes, right? So I make no promises, but I'm already working on the next Jays game. Ooh! But I make no promises, Nigel. You're absolutely coming, Nigel. You're absolutely invited. All right. Well, that's otherwise good I make to know. no promises. <laughs> but was he was he not going to be invited? No, I just I, I just felt like making it clear, Nigel. You're invited. <laughs> oh, or were you indicating to me that maybe Nigel's invited, but I'm not because I didn't get to come to the Christmas party. I'm glad you're able to figure that out. <laughs> like that that's hurtful to me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes, man. There were people that didn't even work for you anymore that were there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's because when I try to push them out, they keep coming back, Sean. I mean, one went to the trouble of becoming a permanent resident. Yes, it's true. Congrats, congrats to Chile. The government the fucked her because the government sucks. But I yeah, didn't you say were, that. You know, I don't see you like, I don't, I don't want to say angry, but because I've seen you frustrated. I've seen you like wanting to get shit done. Yeah. But that was one situation where I could tell I was like, I should avoid messaging him for a few days. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to understand when you have somebody who uh, they pay their taxes they have a full-time job. They were educated in, in Canada. They own a condo. Uh, and they were told, ah, you're not productive. you got to go. Uh, and, maybe, and maybe about as pure of a human as possible. Yes. Yep. And I, I don't want to turn this political, but there was a situation a few years ago where a bunch of Syrian refugees were brought in. And they were put up in, like, hotels in Winnipeg. And, like, a year later, they still were not employed because they were not employable because they didn't speak the language. And meanwhile, Chile was sent home to Nigeria when she would. Ah, I'm not going to get started. I hate the fuck the government, man. That's all I got to say. Damn. That's all I got to say, Nigel. Hey, what doesn't do make any sense at all. Trading? We got our we got our prime minister dressing up in Indian garb every day oh in India like God. a moron. That's all I got to say, Nigel. You all, all have anything say. on that at Trig Tent? What, oh on, yeah, on I'm his, sure. On his Bollywood outfits. <laughs> yeah, oh, of I just I refused to cover that because <laughs> it was so obvious what a dickhead he was. It being. was embarrassing. It was How embarrassing. could you cover it? Every everything on the man was covered already. Yeah. All right. I listened to some of the news that came out of of India there, and they were yeah. like, like they had fashion experts that were like, a bad call, buddy. Well, he actually went to events with Bollywood actors, and they were wearing regular attire. Yeah. yeah. And he was wearing traditional Indian gear in photos with them, completely unaware, and doing photos just, doing photos like this. Just so it was a, him just ignorantly pandering, yeah? Just an ignorant, stupid person, yeah. Oh, also, yeah. inviting a terrorist to dinner? Yeah, that was Not a good look. I'm just going to say that. Not a good yeah. look. Yeah, he did that too. So, Well, I mean, Jimmy can't say a lot. He's had me to dinner, so... Guys, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. <laughs> well, this just, is what you tune in for, guys. Just because you eat blueberry shit? Is that the problem? <laughs> I didn't say that I did. I'm just saying the blueberries and the blueberry sauce was so good that it might make things that aren't edible taste a lot better, Jim. You said you could cover a shit in blueberries and crepes and it's passable. I love how you take things so literally. Isn't that what he said? I, that's what I said. It was hyperbole, Jimmy. Is this Mixed Match Challenge all over again? <laughs> I've never said anything negative about Mixed Match Challenge either. Oh, we're going to have some fun, Nigel. You're, you're going to be doing some editing in the next week, my friends. This video's going to make itself. <laughs> Guys, thank you all so much. We, we've kept you here really for no reason. Now we've gone overtime. <laughs> that's true. It's true. 
Follow Jimmy at JimmyVan74. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online. Watch me Saturday night, UFC 222 post-show. Until then, we are out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.